Hello and welcome to The Beaten Track. I'm Joe Bullock and as always, I'm joined by Louis Bacon. Hello Joe, you alright? I'm pretty good, Louis, yeah. Um, we're dipping into the folk well again, as we tend the, to do. The folky well, yeah, we yeah. are. Um, yeah, a little bit of a um, a left turn for the podcast, um, but I guess not that much of a left turn. We've been down this route before, haven't we? We have. Um, not for a little while. Um um, which is good. So yeah, this week we're doing um, the Water Boys, um, and um, their uh, 1988 album Fisherman's Blues. is um not very bluesy no but um nor is it about a fisherman's blues even the songs no kind of, no true it's a bit of a it's a bit of a cop-out and it's a bit of a lie <laughs> so, but yeah um it's the band's fourth album and it kind of marked a bit of a move away from like a, a very sort of overdubbed kind of rock sound a bit kind of u2-ish and moved into a very sort of traditional folk route but mixed in with um the influences the band had previously kind of including people we've covered before like um patty smith um, and then people like lou reed etc and kind of new york punk groups but then yeah very traditional sort of scottish and irish folk uh influences on this album and it kind of yeah, it's an interesting blend, I guess. Yeah, they're very much seen as a band of uh, of two halves, if you like. Um, like you said, you referenced that early 80s sound that they had kind of, you know, alongside other sort of new wave, post-punk acts. Um, but, but yeah, they kind of embraced this more expansive um, mix of rock and, and there's kind of trumpets and saxophones and... Who's often referred to as the big music um, in reference to one of the tracks um, uh, from another one of their albums. Um, and yeah, you, you reference bands like U2, Big Country, uh, Simple Minds, kind of along, sort of seen along those sorts of lines. And then, yeah, they they very much embraced kind of on the cuspness of recognition and and, uh, and a popularity, if you like, they kind of embraced this yeah traditional Celtic folk music um, and a kind of Celtic folk rock blend on this album. It's not just it's not just kind of folk rock, like you say. There is a kind of mixture of things going on there, and um, yeah, they're a slightly difficult band to place, I guess. Quite unique in 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 um, their blend of music. We've we've covered a band like the Pogues before now, which uh, sometimes talked about in the same sort of sentence, but they're not. They're not the sort of beer swilling punk of the Pogues at all, um, and yeah, they, they 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 kind of sit on their own in a sense. Um, but yeah, I I I like it. I think it's a, a perfect mix of those uh, folk rock traditions and also the musicianship and and songwriting. Um, 
and yeah, I think few wear their heart on their sleeves uh, as well as the Water Boys do. Yeah, I mean, it feels probably out of all the folk albums we've done, maybe the most, um, the most inspired by kind of traditional or the most traditional mm. sounding, even though there is still that quite a heavy strain of like rock in there as well. Um, but yeah, this is the only Waterboys album I've heard, I think, and the, the only one I was familiar with beforehand. I'm quite um, relatively intrigued to go to maybe some of those earlier ones as well, but also the whole sound is not maybe my thing in time yeah i mean it's an album that i should know better than i than i do i listened a couple of times before we did this and, I, and it's a band that i uh feel like i know and, and love but yeah for some whatever reason this album i'd never studied enough so it was good to really um just sort of go full on with it I, you know I, the the previous albums like this is a c um a great uh, also, the, the album following this, Room to Room, um, which is kind of along a similar line to this, um, is pretty good as well. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think they're a band that they're either one that you're um, going to love or probably one that you might not, you might leave a little bit. But um, but yeah, um, I think that this album is, well, I think it's a good one uh, for us to talk about. I think there'll be some interesting uh, discussions. I wouldn't bang on it though, but I'm, I'm glad <laughs> yeah, you have so with, much faith in the podcast. Not um, with us. Um, someone but, theoretically could have an interesting conversation about this album. Um, yeah, I think the, the big thing was with, with them at the time that um, I think Steve Wickham joined the band in 85 uh, and him and Mike Scott, who's kind of the front man and the only, it's a bit like the fall, you know, the only constant member of this band that's had over. 70 odd members it would be good to see the competition between the fall and the water boys for the most members although the water boys kind of cheating because they're about eight members at a time um mm. they don't, don't really count um but yeah they, they spent some time in ireland dublin and galway and they really kind of embraced this sort of yeah the sort of um celtic folk traditions if you like and scott's kind of got this image of himself as this like i don't know kind of troubadour type feel um, and yeah, there's a there's a real kind of strip back feel. It, it is a left turn from their their previous stuff, and there's a strip back feel. Um, it's quite a rawness to a lot of the feel, and a kind of a, that sense of the, of jam and a, and a live feel. Um, and I think the album works actually over a, a few different levels because it is kind of long and actually quite expansive, but also it's quite immediate. The opening. Couple of tracks are very immediate, and and I think there's some really superb lyrics in there, but there's also kind of some a bit of simplicity as well in some of the tracks. So I think the album works on, on quite a few levels. I think it's um um and and I think it's quite complete as well. Actually, I think it's I think it works quite well. Yeah, I mean, I think the quality that I like best about the album is the feel that it's kind of it feels like you'd hear from like a traditional folk band in like a pub or something. It feels quite intimate and. Uh, the recording feels a bit more kind of a bit rough around the edges and it's got that sort of expansive kind of feel to it. I mean, I think there's some tracks that I do feel sort of, for me at least, outstay their welcome slightly, but then there's some that kind of um, live up to that kind of expansiveness. There's quite a lot of long songs on this album, um, mm. kind of mixed in with kind of some songs that are almost like interludes and then some that are just more like, tight more like 
tightly focused kind of folk songs but yeah I mean I think yeah for me it's kind of like a mixed bag although I do, I do like the album but I mean I think I I like it less than say the Pogues album covered or something for me it hasn't got quite the intensity or the kind of not that, not that I think that's what the band's going for but for me it's just not um yeah I mean it's got high highs but for, yeah it's a strange one actually because I do feel like the mix of sounds is actually quite consistent and kind of works quite well but at the same time some of it doesn't quite cohere to me or it doesn't make me want to go back that much I don't know yeah it's interesting that you mentioned the length of some of the tracks I think you've got two extended versions on this um um on this version of the album which probably aren't necessary if you like unless you're sort of obsessed with the album which which you know I feel like many people are um but yeah I kind of get what you mean there is it is quite long again there are a lot of tracks that um that, that yeah yeah like I say quite quite extended if you like in a way and um it is a bit of a roller coaster of a listen in that sense um like a lot of Waterboy stuff actually um but I think that there's a lot of tracks in here that are extremely rewarding and that's what kind of stands out to me there's a um yeah a feel to the album that's extremely rewarding and and a lot of tracks all the way through, not just at the front, but towards the end as well. Um, I'm really quite endeared to. Um, and yeah, I think the musicianship, we kind of probably touch upon that, is is pretty good though. Yeah, I, w- I certainly wouldn't call it a perfect record, but um, a great listen, um, I found. Right, do you want to get into the tracks? Yeah, well, we've got one of the one of the great opening statements of any change in direction by a band. We've got um, Fishman's Blues is the opening track, the uh, the title track. And from the opening chords, that wonderful open G and um, and Steve Wickham's incredible fiddle, um, it opens up what's probably Mike Scott's finest work. Um, it's just a brilliant track, a song about escape, um, sort of being consumed by these ideas of work that he's describing, you know, a fisherman tumbling on the sea, casting out his line with abandonment and love, um, the brakeman on a train crashing into the heartland. And Scott's tone and delivery here is just like so, yeah, it's it's kind of wildly brilliant. And um, I kind of like the ambiguity to the track a little bit, Um, although it's quite clearly about escaping stuff. What actually is going on is a little bit, um, unclear with the sort of some of the imagery um, but yeah I don't think you can have anything but love for this track I think it's fantastic yeah I mean for like it's not necessarily like a blues song in the traditional sense and also the kind of chord sequence everything's kind of upbeat it's kind of like a, a song about escapism but not like a sort of dour and depressing one mm. it's got those classic kind of images you know of kind of I guess typical folk images almost of you know escapism and you know that kind of a kind of career of like being a fisherman or something like that you know but yeah I love the lyrics in the song about about the casting of the line and the kind of no ceiling bearing down on me save the starry sky blah blah like I don't there's like a simplicity to it and like a, a deliberate kind of simplicity in like what he's depicting but then like yeah there's these great images that he portrays and then yeah this is one of the ones that sounds more like a maybe like a classic folk song but it's also got those touches of that kind of more less rocky sound I mean even 
the vocals have that kind of blend of folk with the kind of mm. punkishness, the kind of raspiness of like a, a Patti Smith or a Lou Reed, like we mentioned. He's got lots of kind of very unpo- unpolished feeling kind of yells and just mm. vocal kind of um, elements that he adds in there that kind of uh, punctuate it. And um, you're saying about the fiddle playing. I mean, the fiddle playing throughout this album is quite, it's one of the best elements really. It's so kind of compelling and vibrant and it just kind of punctuates those tracks in a way that like an electric guitar would on like a on a new york punk album or something but it's so it provides such a different kind of feel to it that i mean extends to the next track as well um but yeah i mean it's a pretty great song you can't really go wrong yeah and 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 like you say it does extend to the next track which might be my favorite on here um Again, the strings, the fiddle. There's, there's just so much tension in this track. Which we will not be lovers, um, and um, yeah, the, the the tension in the feel, and then you have this bass and uh, uh, that's kind of lumbers behind these very, very tight um, um, string sound. It's just incredible. And then the lyrics are kind of about these this battle between these two characters. Um, there's little flitters of electric guitar in there that kind of dance around it as well, and really kind of emphasizes this sort of um yeah the, the the tension between these two characters i could have written a lot of the lines in this song down and it's brilliant as as the anxiety and the tension of the track sort of builds with the extremely relentless sort of it, it's a very repetitive sort of um um fiddle line in there um almost reminded me of something like almost like Warren Ellis violin type best feel to it with the way it just kind of builds and builds and builds. Um, but yeah, some of the lines like words are your weapon, lies are your defense. Um, you know, planets collide, collide at the smack of your kiss. There's, there's some fantastic lines in there as he sort of um, toys with this, um, you know, he's sort of like fighting a battle in his head if you like. Um, but, and then he's, you know, sort of telling her to go and kiss her brother because they'll not be lovers. It's um, it's brilliant. Yeah, I love how the the last verse is all about the kind of all these catastrophic things happening in the world, but it's no kind of no comparison mm. to their kind of weird <laughs> rivalry or the not love that they have. Um, yeah, I mean, this is definitely my favorite track on the album. I love the kind of repetition of the feel and how intense it feels, and just those those climaxes of each each verse but um yeah i mean i brought up patty smith twice already i think but the it did remind me of when we were doing something like horses where you have those really repetitive but very tight kind of almost kind of groovy um rhythm sections especially on the guitar but then just with a fiddle which has this really kind of weird kind of discordant quality especially when you have the rest of the kind of rock backing as well i love how the song sort of ends with that kind of battling it out of the guitars and the fiddle and just feels so kind of, yeah, kind of apocalyptic and, and tense. And, and yeah, the, the baseline's so strange and kind of almost messy and it's quite, quite punctuated in the kind of mix. It feels quite weird, but yeah, it works very well. And it's a great song. It's like, is it like eight minutes? It's very like. Yeah, I think it's about seven, seven-ish minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, then you've got Strange Boat, um, which is probably worth a mention. Um, it's quite a mellow, um, very Celtic folk feel into a song. Extremely sweet and kind of stripped back. 
a break from the tension of the previous track, definitely. And once again, in reference to kind of the idea of a journey or, or escape or as a sort of metaphor for our kind of experience. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite a short track. I've not got a great deal to say about it, really, unless you do. Not really, no. I mean, I feel like the next track, Wild Party, is the next <laughs> Yeah, which is a kind of, I don't know, slightly hilarious track, I find. that um, I don't know, it, it has it, it kind of fits in a way, but reminds me a little bit more of earlier Waterboys in, 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 a, in a sense. I love that opening keyboard. It's kind of got like a weird, like zingy feel to the opening and then it jumps into, again, very punctuated bass line. Um, and... Um, yeah, there's almost a, a funk um, element to that um, and some really lines that I love. Uh, the only thing I remember is a summer like a pretty girl. Um, I'm not sure we needed the extended version of the song, okay. on, if I'm honest with you, but I do. <laughs> I did enjoy it. Yeah, I just thought it was such a strange one in terms of like the subject matter and stuff, just on this mm. kind of folk. <laughs> it does feel like that... Um... Yeah, that big sound of like, and especially, yeah, apparently it's based on like uh, Live Aid and it's kind of got that arena rock kind of quality Definitely. and this real epicness, yeah. but then it's also like a folk um, instrumentation. But yeah, the piano chords are kind of janky and very like strange, especially with the bass line as well. There's this real kind of, yeah, there's this kind of rousing quality to it, but also like this weirdness that's kind of fundamental to, I think, a lot of the songs. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's a really good uh, song. It's kind of, yeah, it's got a kind of sing-along quality to it as well with the, the wild party uh, element. It, it is a good party song, yeah, definitely. I'd say so. Yeah. Next track's good. Um, Sweet Thing, um, which is a Van Morrison um, cover, which I really, really like. Um, doesn't feel like it lasts maybe quite as long as maybe something like World Party. It, it's um, from Astral Weeks, um, which is obviously an extremely important record um, for Irish music and I guess music in general, um, and kind of embrace sort of mystical themes a little bit like the Waterboys would start to embrace and already did, I guess. Um, and the strength of the song is really felt. I think it's a really sort of effective uh, cover. Um, Scott's um, vocals are fantastic on there and it's kind of very heady and then wonderfully done um, and it slides into blackbird in the end which is always good fun and always goes down well yeah i mean yeah it's got another kind of um place in kind of folk tradition and the the idea of the, a lot of the album kind of reappropriates kind of previous songs and previous like poems and stuff you have a poem later in the album based on a yates poem um, and then this one, yeah, being a cover of a Van Morrison song that then slips very naturally into like a, not a Beatles cover because the, the melodists are, you know, still the same, whatever, but using those kind of Beatles lyrics in 
in a way that merges kind of perfectly. I love that that touch really. Um, although actually, like, I mean, I'm more of a world party guy, you know, in terms of the extended kind of length. I feel like this song, this song peaks early for me, and then I kind of just, I do appreciate the Blackbird kind of element, but I'm not, I just saw, you know, I vibe with it, but I'm kind of, yeah, I'm a world party guy. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's got the Beatles at the end. You can't really fault it. Yeah, I, I think maybe skip to uh, and a bang on the ear. Um, um, there are a couple of tracks in here that are slightly shorter. There's Jimmy Hickey's Waltz that we just kind of skipped there, which is a waltz belonging to Jimmy Hickey. Um, um, but yeah, a bang on the ear is the is the other sort of single off the record, um, and a real highlight I think um, as Scott takes you through. His kind of previous love interest. It reminds me of, the, of High Fidelity, um, but in like a in, in the song version. Um, it's wonderful. I really love the quite simple, well, not kind of simplistic feel to the melody. Um, and there's some lines that are just yeah, kind of make you smile. It started up in Fife, it ended up in tears, um, and I send on my love and a bang on the ear. It can't fail to make you smile at times, and. Then the, and the final sort of um, line is 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 actually quite touching. You know, his final line about the woman of his half fire and um, yeah, I think it's a brilliant track. And again, clocks in at about nine minutes, I think, but um, is is worth it. Okay, this one I can't abide by. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, yeah, I think it is just the mix of like such a simple kind of song and then the 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 very extensive uh, runtime. I, I, yeah, I think, yeah. And I do find that... the vocal quite. I don't know. I find the bang bang on the airline quite annoying, but I think <laughs> I don't even know what it means. I don't... It means a kiss on the cheek. Okay, a bang on the ear. Just... Yeah. Okay, I see. Well, um, no, I think the the sort of central melody is quite strong. I mean, I just yeah. I think it's one that is for the maybe for the Waterboys uh, fans. I guess that's. Uh, well, it is loved by um but yeah i love it i think it's brilliant i think it's great i could listen to that song all day well that's the thing is like i do quite like the water boys but then if you have a song that's quite long and then you have like two or three that kind of for me uh are too long then it kind of it does derail the kind of album a little bit even though there's quite a lot of songs i do really enjoy but mm. yeah i mean it's like yeah that's my perspective it's just like like, I feel like the Pogues album maybe had like one song that was like a little too long for me, but then the rest I loved. Whereas this album's just a bit more like I find it I slip out of it a bit more. I don't know why. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's certainly it's certainly not a punk album. In in well, the 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 Waterboys would never been one for um, you know not extending songs and and taking their time and um, they're very expansive and and um, yeah, the, that's I guess that's part of their thing. Yes, I mean. Going back to the Blackbird thing, the other song, I did read on, on the old Wikipedia that, that a critic had compared some of the the very sort of strong and kind of a piano playing on this album to to the White Album. I thought that was an interesting kind of comparison. Mm-hmm. It does kind of, but there's yeah. so there's so many bands that this uh, the Warboys are inspired by and compared to. They kind of they all seem kind of mildly appropriate, I guess. Yeah, I d- yeah, definitely. I don't know where you want to go next in the um, in the in the track list. 
Uh, well, I really like When Will We Be Married. I think that's yeah, that's that's where I would have gone. So yeah, good choice. There you go. And it's like three minutes. It's perfect. It's a perfect song. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. It's really got in my head actually. Um, again, kind of simplistic but wonderful. The folk instrumentation is extremely effective. The fiddle once again. Um, and I really love the breakdown um, in the song, which kind of starts singing about um, making a making a black bow for a bonny head and the, the kind of use of harmonica that kind of slides in there as well. Um, it's really effective and um, very, very well done. Yeah. Very much like a, a less kind of tight, concise uh, fiddle melody than, than something like um, the second track. It's just blank from mine my brain uh, or we will not be lovers i mean this is also a song about people that will probably not be lovers because the the girl in the song seems to <laughs> seems to have her eyes on like a few other people yeah, rather than... their eyes on johnny or something like that don't you see i think <laughs> yeah but i mean yeah it's a much more kind of wistful and uh elongated kind of fiddle uh, lead but then with these kind of interjected piano chords as well it's um it's another one of those songs where you get a lovely kind of intimate sense of it it's kind of the vocals are slightly echoey. You gain a sense of a kind of natural kind of reverb. It just sounds very warm and, and kind of good. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's just like another simple one where the, like, the melody is so strong that it just kind of carries it. I would agree. I, I also like the, the following track, When You Go Away. Um, again, a much subtler track, kind of slightly muted instrumentation, kind of feels a little bit, um, effortless in a sense um, and I think it just adds to the the, the wealth of tracks on there that, that yeah carried by a, a, a good melody and um, yeah again the feel of someone escaping or, or, or someone's sort of imminent departure um, and he's sort of going to cry when they go away um, yeah just thought another quite short but, but strong track yeah, and the next uh, sort of extended uh, opus of a song is The Stolen Child, which is a, a Yeats poem, I believe, not one I'm familiar with, but it it has another kind of traditional folk element and you get this backing singer that sounds like a sea captain. He's got like a very um, SpongeBob-esque voice. Uh, well, not like SpongeBob the character, but you see what I mean. It's a very sort of traditional kind of sea shanty sounding um but then yeah i love the um obviously because it's based on a poem by quite a good poet it's uh the lyrics are quite good and they're kind of haunting and uh yeah about this this lost child and it's quite a sparse song really compared to like some of the the real maximalist kind of world party kind of huge band sound it's kind of a bit more quiet and, and subdued and it's a very good tune yeah, I think it, it, it's very good. I think it's, it's quite breathtaking. It, it, it kind of completes the feel of the album, if you like, um, and yet yeah, got that additional vocal by the traditional Irish singer, I think Thomas McOwen. Um, and yeah, it's, it's quite moving. And, and again, yeah, like you say, very extended. And does it feel as though it kind of feels like the final track on the album, um, if you like, but then you do get this, very short flicker of a podcast favourite uh, mm. to finish, uh, being This Land Is Your Land, um, tailored again um, to reflect Ireland rather than Woody Guthrie's original um, track. But 
I think it's only like 50 seconds or something like that. And then, and then that's your, that's your fill. Yeah. It's one of those songs that kind of starts in the middle, almost it kind of fades in. It's got the sense mm. of already being, being sung rather than the more. I mean, also, I want to say about the the sea captain comments. I thought I hope they didn't sound condescending, whatever, just because it gives off that vibe to me, and that's a very good vibe. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do quite enjoy folks. So obviously, real huge Woody Guthrie fans as well, and we've uh, discussed mm. the the Billy Bragg and Wilco uh, interpretations. But yeah, this is you can't really. It's almost beyond kind of pretty. Yeah, it's just a little snippet, basically, but kind of. I like the kind of adaptation of the song um, mm. to the new. I mean, that's kind of what Woody Guthrie was about as well, kind of adapting melodies and stuff to to those kind of more localized issues or different kind of issues. Um, but yeah, definitely, yeah. I've got a little quiz to cap off another um, fun episode. Well, I've got a quiz as well. So, oh. who wants to do the capping and who wants to go first? Um, I don't mind. I'm I'm very chilled. Do you want to go first? Uh, what well, I thought my one might be quite a bad ending. <laughs> okay, all right. You, you're going to be disappointed go first, by then. this quiz. Okay. okay, go on. So my quiz is all related to the 1998 sports comedy film The Waterboy. I thought it might be. <laughs> <laughs> I've never well, watched this film, so I'm no, not sure. But they're all like vaguely related. Okay. Okay. Which famous critic, the only one, I believe, I'm not sure if this is still true, to have won a Pulitzer Prize for reviewing films, said this about The Waterboy. Sandler is making a tactical error when he creates a character whose manner and voice has the effect of fingernails on a blackboard and then expects us to hang in there for a whole movie. Um... Wait, say that again. What? I mean, the, the quote's not really going to give it away. Are you that familiar that, with American film critics? No, but I want you to read it all again. Sandler is making a tactical error when he creates a character whose manner and voice has the effect of fingernails on a blackboard and then expects us to hang in there for a whole movie. And I've got to guess who the critic is. He's, if you knew an American film critic, he would be the one you'd know. Is it Roger... Ebert or whatever he's called. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> ah, come on. See, you, yes. you thought you didn't know, though. Oh, God, yeah. You just oh, have to believe in yourself. It's pretty good for me. Might get all three here. Mm. Well, I hope so. Okay, number two. What was the name of the 2019 crime thriller that Waterboy actor Adam Sandler starred in, portraying the gambling addict and jeweler Howard Ratner, who must retrieve an expensive gemstone to pay off his massive debt? Is it Uncut Gems? Is that what it's called? You've nailed it, Louis. You've nailed oh, it. Oh, come on. Come on. Oh. See, you, you, in the bag. I think you could get one. I don't think I've ever got all three before, so this is a oh, this is an Lord. opportunity now. Well, it's because you needed a topic you're really passionate about. Like the water that, is, that is true, yeah. yeah. Number three. The Waterboy features the Credence Clearwater Revival hit Born on the Bayou as the first song on its soundtrack album. But which CCR song became famous as an anti-war anthem used repeatedly in Vietnam war films and other popular culture? Is that Fortunate Son? You've done it, Louis. You've done it. (laughs) Well, I think if there was ever going to be a quiz that I was going to get all three on, it was going to be that one. And I've done it. So, yeah. 
I think we should do a, a sort of Vietnam War themed podcast or song. You know what I mean? Um, no, what do you mean? I don't know what I mean, really. I was hoping you would. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, less about the Vietnam War, more about Hank Williams. That's what my quiz is all about. Oh, God. Okay. That's the one thing we didn't mention is the uh, the track. Um, has anybody here seen Hank, um, which is not worth mentioning off the Waterboys album, so that we, so we didn't talk about it. Um, so I've got three questions. It's not a great quiz. Three questions about tributes to Hank Williams. So the first question is, which American country singer had a hit with the song The Night Hank Williams Came to Town? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. It could it could be anyone really, couldn't it? It's it's they all loved Hank. American countries. Well um I don't, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's really thinking. Well don't, th- don't overthink it. Uh Johnny Cat. It is Johnny Cash, of course it was, yes. I don't believe he wrote it, but he certainly had a hit with it. Okay, question number two. This could be a double three out of three, this. this is, this is this could I'm be, not sure. Could I don't feel incredible. very polished on my Hank Williams. But you didn't feel very good on your water, boy, no. Well, you know, you don't have to know anything about Hank Williams to get these right, to be honest. So, okay. in a Neil Young track from Harvest Moon, mm. who else does Young reference in the title to a song? The song is called From Hank to... And it's another artist beginning with H or H, I should say. Oh, um, As it's... um, oh, another H. I'm thinking, trying mm. to think folk and country. I can't really. No, it's I, you not think. No, it, 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 the song's one. more about guitar sort of feel rather than folk. Oh, is it from from Hank to Hendrix? It is from Hank to Hendrix. With a little bit of help, we got the yeah. <laughs> determined for you to get this. Okay. okay, this one is going to be the sticky one. In 1994, which British alternative band released a full album of Hank Williams covers called Hanky Panky? <laughs> <laughs> And I never knew this until today. It's so a British this... alternative group. Yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's um I don't think we're going free for free on this one, but I think I think you're gonna have to take a victory here. Um Ooh. let me see. The cure. Oh, you had the first bit right. It was the the. the yeah, I, I was never going to guess that. Really, everyone's famous. Not yeah, yeah, I guess that that was the tough one. And That's true. Yeah, not a band that I'm greatly familiar with, but I'm going to have to listen to that record. Thank you, The album cover is is yeah. I don't know. There's like a sort of blurred out bit on the Wikipedia page, which suggests that maybe it's even worse than what this. What it what it is, but yeah. I'll tell anyway. you what, though, with the um, your first question, I thought when you um, 
when you did the the Johnny Cash question, I thought you'd do a question on the Johnny Cash and Nick Cave cover. That's why I was holding out on ah. Cash. Well, to be honest like... with you, I could have done about 80. There, there is everyone in the history of mankind has either covered or sung a song about Hank Williams or something. But um... No, but that that version of I'm So Lane to Michael Cry is, is an all-time already. It's a great mm. one. Oh. Could have gone for this old guitar. Um, that's a good. I like that. That's a, that's a good little tribute to Hank Williams as well. Um, it's no hanky panky, but it's it's good. It's no hanky panky, no, no. Uh, but yeah, there you go. What a way to tribute um, the Waterboys album with a question of questions about Adam Sandler and then questions about Hank Williams. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. See you all next week.